Hello, and welcome back to the Unexpected Value Podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Spann, by myself, as I guess always now, if we're in the second episode, not really sure how this works. But anyway, this is brought to you by GTD Sports and gtdsports.com. Please check out our website. We have about three other podcasts now. We have the one that me and Ryan are on, the Going the Distance podcast, our flagship program. We have the Betting on the Rocks pod with Zach Reger, drinks whiskey and talks about sports betting, it's pretty good stuff. And then we also have another show that's kind of similar to ours, but you know, not quite me and Ryan, um, the Blanket Coverage podcast with Noah and Jack over there. So if, if I'm not enough for you, which I don't think I am, um, you should definitely go to our website and check out those guys because they're bringing a lot of good stuff to the table right now. And, of course, you should check out our website to read our blogs. I write there. Um, we all do. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good reads. So, oh, sorry about that. Um, speaking of, the other podcast on the side just got a text of the website redesigned to host all the podcasts on the site. So, yeah, that's if that's not an omen to go check out our other pods, then I don't know what is. But, okay, moving on. Let's dip into some sports topics. Um, I want to lead off with the Cowboys game that was last night because today's Friday, the September 10th. Um, that was that was a good game. To start off with just the game itself. That was a really entertaining game. It was a barn burner. Shootout. There was 60 total points. So that's always good to see in an opener. You don't want a snoozer or a blowout in the opener. Um, I'm glad that the Cowboys at least covered um, in terms of them losing, fuck me. I am so sick and tired of this behavior from our football team. I've, I've been accustomed to this late loss bullshit my entire life. And Dak Prescott is essentially Tony Romo at this point. They're one and the same. They are two outstanding quarterbacks who put up ungodly numbers and then get let down by shit defense and shit coaching staffs. I'm so sick of it. I'm so tired of this. And it feels like we always get burned. I mean, last year you saw it week one, Sunday night football, when we opened up against the Rams, uh, OPI got called on Michael Gallup when Jalen Ramsey gave the Oscar performance of his lifetime, not not even of his lifetime, of, of this generation. It only makes sense that he wanted to go to Hollywood after that. And then you have the no call that was on Chris Godwin that should have been an OPI that ended up being the game-clinching play. I mean, you just can't write it any better. You just, it doesn't, Time and time again, we, we get these late leads in the fourth and just fucking blow it. Like, it's not, it's, it's that we don't understand that you need to have the ball last. And I guess that's on us for, you know, not scoring the touchdown late. But it's just like, come on, like, defense, just put a stop. Let's get this, let's fucking win a big game. It, it I don't know, man. It, it's just getting hard. It's getting hard out here. You know, being a Texas DFW sports fan, it's just, it's getting real sad. 
and I want some champ. I want to. I want a ring. Okay, I want to go to a parade. The last one I got was in the, the only one I can remember. It's 2011 Mavs, and I didn't really give a shit about basketball because I was like 12, and I I just I just want the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Is that really too much to ask? I mean, Jerry Jones would murder somebody just to make that happen, and it's just not. It just doesn't. We just get. We're not gonna do it. And another thing about the team too is that we won the turnover battle, four to one. We had four turnovers, which was awesome to see because it seems like our defense can never commit turnovers. My entire life, that's always been our biggest problem. We can't do that. We had four last night. We should have won that game. But it's just flat out clear that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a better football team than Dallas Cowboys. But that, I mean, we already knew that. But also, I'm just kind of mad that the Cowboys even thought about giving me hope that we would be good. I was even so dumb. Like, watching the last 10 minutes of that fifth episode of Hard Knocks, I was like, holy shit, we're winning the Super Bowl. Like, seeing the montage and like Trayvon Diggs and Dak just ripping it up. Um, I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're this is a good team. We're winning the Super Bowl. Fuck you guys. Uh, that's it's stupid. That's a dumb thing to say because we're we're not. And I just feel so defeated. And the worst part is, I think when this game was going back and forth in like the second or third quarter on the stream that I had it on, somebody commented and it was like, yeah, this game's gonna be close, and the Cowboys are just gonna choke like they always do. And I was like, you know what? That guy's 100% right. Like, I was watching that game in the fourth quarter, and I was like, there's no way we're going to win this game. Like, I was just watching it just because I was like, football's on, but we're going to lose. And I knew it. And then for some reason, after we took the late lead, I was like, you know what? Maybe we could win. There's only a minute something left. Like, Brady's definitely has this good chance, but, like, maybe we could win it. Guess what happened? We didn't, like always. Like, I shouldn't even got my hopes up. Like, I feel stupid for even doing that. But welcome to life of a fucking Cowboys fan. I mean, at least we have Luka, but like, come on. Football's king. And the Rangers suck a lot. Traded my favorite player, Joey Gallo. I don't know. It's hard to be a DFW fan right now, man. It's tough. Okay, we're doing a little bit of time traveling today. Um, I recorded that little Cowboys rant on Friday. Today's Monday. Um, I didn't finish the episode just because I decided it'd be better if I just waited for the weekend and just gave a reaction to the games instead of a preview Um, because we already gave previews on the Thursday episode of the Going the Distance podcast. So, great. Awesome. How was everybody's weekend? Did everybody's teams win? I hope all your parlays hit. I hope all your biggest bets hit. Hope you got paid out by the bookie today and you're not paying out a bookie or even fading one because that's never fun. So, yeah, but football's back. It's the fucking best thing ever. Yesterday I ordered wings off Uber Eats. They didn't have boneless. They didn't have bone-in when I ordered bone-in, so they gave me boneless, and I think they gave me a bunch extra. That was awesome. So I had like 30 wings and beer and I had football on. I had I had the Red Zone channel on my iPad and then my aunt's place has cable. And so 
I was I got to watch the game on cable instead of having to stream it and be like two minutes behind. So that was cool. It's a good first Sunday back. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just give, since I, I basically watched pretty much every game through the via Red Zone channel, which, by the way, never ceases to amaze me how superior the Red Zone channel is if your team isn't playing a game, just to have that on it, at least as a second screen. It's If you don't have... If you don't have at least two screens up on NFL Sunday, are you even a football fan? I don't think so. But okay, let's talk some real football. Let's start with the noon slate. Um, I want to talk about the Eagles and Falcons game first. It was actually one of the games that I got to see on cable. So I got to see a little bit more of it than I would have on the Red Zone channel. And Eagles fans don't get your panty in a wad. Jalen Hurts and your squad isn't going to look like that for the rest of the year. Okay. They're just not. They're uh they're probably going to be better than four to five, four and a half wins that was their over under total. I I was always kind of pegging them around a seven win squad. Um and they look more like a seven win squad today. I guess they blew them out, so that's reason to be hopeful. But I, I still don't have enough faith in the talent that you guys have in general. I just think y'all guys are going to fade down the stretch. Um, Jalen Hurts is eventually going to get figured out. Um, it's Sorry, Eagles, you're not it. And Falcons fans, my God. Another year, another disappointment. I put air quotes. You can't see me. This is audio only. But um, you guys keep on saying that, yeah, we're going to be really good. But you guys aren't ever and you can never there's there's not another piece to figure out falcons fans this is who you are you're a bad football team and you showed it again by getting blown out by the eagles at home moving on steelers and bills the bills that's reason to be concerned about only 16 points um i didn't get to catch too much of that game but josh allen just never looked comfortable um, in the pocket, Steelers defense seemed to not miss a beat from losing Bud Dupree from what I saw, um, and that was like a concern going in. Uh, Vikings-Bengals, uh, the Vikings are pretty much like the Falcons in the same, like their fans are always like, oh, like, yeah, we just didn't figure it out. We'll, we'll probably be good this year. Like, we have things going forward. Like, no, you don't. You don't. Kirk Cousins is not that guy. Um, you're not going to be good this year at all. So stop saying that you are. It's it's annoying. Um, you're poo-poo garbage. You lost to the fucking Bengals in overtime. Bengals, I guess. Um, main takeaway from the Bengals is that, you know, Jamar Chase didn't drop any passes and he had 100 yards connecting with Joe Burrow. So that's something to look forward to. Hopefully Joe Burrow doesn't break every single bone in his body because your guys didn't take Pene Sewell. Um, but and I did see him take a couple of hits yesterday from what I saw, and it's just like man, it's sad seeing him get hit because he's just he looks so defeated every time he takes a sack. But y'all won, so good for y'all. Niners lines up next. So Niners are pretty much. What we thought they were going to be, which was really good. They put up 41 points 
Um, they almost choked at the end there. I don't know how. I guess they were just asleep at the wheel. But I think that they're pretty good. Um, Jimmy G looked good. Um, Trey Lance's first touchdown pass was awesome. Um, it was definitely a handhold play by Kyle Shanahan. It was definitely designed. He stared down the receiver that he's going to throw to. And I think that if that guy was covered, Shanahan probably told Lance just to chuck it over him because didn't want to take any chances or probably to run either one of those. But like, as soon as he gave that fake read option, he's his whole, his head was staring down the guy that he threw to. I can't remember who it was. So that was definitely all Kyle Shanahan. And what that tells me with Trey Lance is that like Kyle right now still is absolutely enamored with his physical tools. It's still that he's probably just not ready to just let her rip out there, which is why Jimmy G starting, of course, which who looked good again. So that was good. Um, Man Campbell, Dan the Man Campbell, is uh, has a team that will not give up. So they almost came back against the 49ers that in garbage time. I guess is that's what I would chalk it up to. Not that the t- t- Niners fell asleep, decided it was garbage time, and the Lions took advantage of it to it. And almost came back. And Jared Goff had a good day. Uh, so hopefully this is a team that will be good in a couple of years. Because I love Dan Campbell. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I want that guy to have a good football team because I want more Dan Campbell. And then, so Cardinals, Titans. Wow. Titans. Um, I would start to be concerned if I was a Titans fan right now. That was a very concerning first game. Um, so let's, let's see what goes on with the Cardinals and what their season is going to look like. I'm still kind of reserved right now about them because they did have this heart hot start last year and then faded down the stretch. Kyler Murray did kind of get nicked up, but still, I just don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I will say their defensive line looked pretty awesome. Um, Chandler Jones had five sacks. J.J. Watt was no slouch either himself. He was making plays out there. So maybe this is an improved defense. They did lose Patrick Peterson, but how much of a factor he was last year, I don't think he really was one. So um, they're a team I definitely have my eye on right now in terms of like if they did actually improved or, you know, Cliff King. Maybe I, I, if you ask me, Cliff Kingsbury is holding that squad back with the talent they have because I just don't think, I don't believe in it at all. And if you need evidence for that, just look at his days at Texas Tech where he was a sub-500 coach with the most gifted quarterback of all time in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes even threw for 800 yards one time. They still lost a game. Um, Seahawks-Colts. Again, same thing with the Cardinals, with the Hawks. Like, Hawks looked awesome, but they looked awesome at this time last year too. Like, Russell Wilson has done this like two, maybe three years now where he starts off really awesome. And then they fade down the stretch and lose in the first round of the playoffs. So um, I kind of expect that to kind of maybe happen again. I'm just, this is, this is really what I expected. Like I hammered the Seahawks because I was like, all right, they always have a hot start. So that's what we saw. Uh, Chargers, Washington, Fitz tragic 
is what I'm going to call him right now because he is now officially on the IR. I don't know if it's for the season or just for the midway point, but he's going to miss some serious time. So we're looking at uh, Tyler Heineke for a while to be the Washington football team starter. Maybe some people were saying Cam Newton. I think I just saw a thing where Stephen Age said Cam Newton's career is going to be over if the football team doesn't sign him, which is like, okay, dude. Anyway, uh, their defense looked good. Um, Terry McLaurin had that insane catch. Absolutely insane, where he twisted his body. And Justin Herbert on the other side looked good. Their running game should have probably been more, a little bit more involved. Probably should have tried to get Eckler in the passing game involved a little bit more. That's coming from a fantasy owner of Eckler, so maybe that's a little biased, but I do think that's where they find a lot of success. So, but Herbie fully loaded coming to Dallas next week. I'm excited to watch that game. Um, I really like Justin Herbert. I hope that he is the real deal, like we're thinking he is right now. So, yeah. Um, Jets, Panthers, Darnold revenge game. I think we all saw that one coming. Panthers are also just a better squad than the Jets in, in, in total. Um, a couple of those Zach Wilson touchdowns, though, looked really, really good. Um, he had that throw on the move to a wide open Corey Davis, and him throwing on the run is going to be a spectacle to see for his career. I really do. If he pans out, like that's where he's going to find his success is on the run. So yeah, they lost that game, and he struggled at times. But I think in total, like I wouldn't be hitting the panic button right now if I was the Jets. I would say that was a decent first game. Maybe sad that Donald left if you're still on that train but I think I'd be happy with Zach Wilson at the moment and then oh, Jags Texans man so this was another game that I had on cable so I got to watch a little bit more of it and oh boy um, did Trevor Lawrence struggle he threw three picks also threw three touchdowns but he threw three picks um, Tyrod Taylor looked like the second coming of Jesus in that game. I did not expect... I thought the Texans might have even gone 0-17. Like, I thought they were going to be the worst team ever. And they come out week one and win against the Jags. Like, this is going to be um, trouble for Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's probably already having a migraine right now. and Because uh, his team lost and lost bad. I don't know what the hell they were doing trying to... Or not using the running game using Carlos Hyde, washed up Carlos Hyde over James Robinson, um, and just not getting the running game involved. And he, maybe he's just too used to the way that he wins in college and doesn't understand that they have to do it differently in the NFL, which is probably why a lot of college coaches in the NFL struggle. But guys have done it before. Urban Meyer is one of the best college coaches of all time. Maybe he could have I don't know. The more and more this experiment goes along, the more nervous I get about it. Because when it first happened, I was like, awesome, the Jags are going to be good. This is going to be, you know, an Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence duo. Like, let's see what happens. But the more and more this goes on, the more and more concerned I get about it. And so I'm looking forward to watching it a little bit more and see how it pans out. Because I I definitely want to keep my eye on it. Because this could... This has the look of implosion written all over it right now. 
Okay, and then Dolphins-Pats, I really, I did not see that game on the red zone, like, at all. Um, so, I guess I saw Jacoby Brissett take a snap, or is going to take a snap. That was weird. But, uh, yeah, Dolphins won. So, there's that. Uh, and then, oh man, Saints-Packers, what the hell, Packers. Um, maybe the whole off-season drama is affecting the team. Probably should have considered that more when I made the Packers my Super Bowl pick. Shit. Rodgers looked absolutely terrible. And Jameis Winston looked lights out. And I think Sean Payton's done it again. He found another guy from the scrap pile and reclaimed his career. He did it with Drew Brees, and he's doing it now with Jameis Winston. He's going to turn Jameis Winston into a franchise guy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It really is. Because he looked awesome. He threw five touchdowns, sub-150 yards, which I'm not sure how that correlates, but it does. Um, and no interceptions, which is the biggest thing. No Five touchdowns and zero interceptions from Jameis Winston – I'm trying to think of like a metaphor or a simile for that, but I can't because it's non-comparable. Um, the Giants-Broncos game, I immediately regret when I made the pick that the Giants were going to win plus three. I just think that in my head, I didn't have enough dogs picked for the week. And I was like, oh, Giants are a dog. Maybe I should go with that. Stupid mistake. Um should have went with the Broncos. The Giants are bad. I thought they were going to make a step up this year because they had a couple good signings and Saquon was going to be back. Saquon was limited, so maybe by midseason they look a little different. I did think for a second that the Giants could take the NFC East. Now I'm very cold on that take. Brian is still all in on it. I don't but I don't think so anymore. I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. I'll admit when I'm wrong. Uh, but in the Broncos, I mean, look, they'll probably be like a mediocre team with Teddy Bridgewater, pretty much like how the Panthers were last year. I don't really have much else to say about that game. But let's talk to the game. Uh, let's talk about this Browns-Chiefs game. Um, Chiefs are doing that. They piss me off because they do the same shit that they did last year. They'll be asleep at the wheel and start trailing against the team that they're better than. And then they'll wake up and remember, oh, that we're the Chiefs, and they'll turn it on. And like as soon as Tyree Kill had that 75-yard touchdown, I was like, yep, they're, they're back. They're going to come back and win. Of course, they didn't cover because they always don't cover. Um I wish I put money on the Browns, but I just didn't. I just stayed away from the game. I didn't put money on a lot of games, honestly. Just don't have that much money to, to spare right now. But anyway, uh, no, they do the same fucking shit over and over and over. And that's what happened to them at the Super Bowl. They they were doing that asleep at the wheel shit, and they tried to wake up, and they couldn't because the Bucks didn't let that shit happen. And that, I feel like they're not even going to get to the Super Bowl this year if they continue this trend. Like, I was very surprised. That was going to be the thing that I had my eye on with this team is if they were going to let something like this happen again, um, straight up. 
out the gate because maybe that Super Bowl was a wake-up call. Evidently, it wasn't. And it almost just seems like hubris at this moment, just excessive pride that they can do that. And it's kind of annoying because they can right now in the regular season, but come playoff time, teams are going to be hungry. And if they act like that, then they're going to be a hell of a lot more hungry than the Chiefs. And they're not going to make it out of the AFC this year. Especially if they keep this shit up, they will not make it out of the AFC. Um, Browns looked good until they started turning the ball over. Um, they just, I don't know. I don't know where they went wrong. Probably that Chubb fumble was where the game, they just lost the game. Because like I said, Chiefs at home, the crowd was definitely a factor. Um, the second half, that crowd came alive, and I think it came too much for them. Which, I can't say I blame them, because one, again, Chiefs are more talented than they are. And two, um... Arrowhead is probably the top three toughest places to play in the NFL, right up there with Seattle. So, yeah, I, I just I think it just came too much for him. Kevin Stefanski is a hell of a coach, though. And they could have won that game. They just, I don't know, maybe they're not ready for that. Maybe in the rematch, they can take it. Because I feel like the Browns could have won that game. I feel like they're talented enough, and they had the right game plan, but then they just started faltering down the stretch. And the talent of the Chiefs' offense just became too much for him, which I, I can't fault them for it. I really can't. Okay, in the last game of the week, uh, Rams-Bears. The Bears are sad, man. The Bears are just sad. I I pity Bears fans for having to deal with a head coach like Matt Nagy. Like, that guy just doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's a fu- he's a joke. Um, he he, I don't think he passed with Fields at all or much. Um, and anytime Fields came onto the field, you knew exactly what they were gonna do. It just kind of worked on that one touchdown, just because he's so fast. Um, at the goal line there, um, and then you look at like Shanahan. Shanahan actually had more of a game plan with Lance than Nagy did with Fields, and it was just kind of embarrassing if you want to compare the two, because Nagy is just a moribund head coach. He sucks, dude. Um, he's so predictable, it hurts. You know exactly what he's going to do in every single play call. And the Rams pretty much knew it, too. They did, I will say, they did look better than they did last year with Foles and Trubisky. That Dalton looked better than Foles and Trubisky at quarterback, but they still ended up faltering. Like, what was up with all those fourth down attempts? Like, those fourth down attempts were just absolutely uninspired that fourth and 15 one late i was like what are you doing just kick the field goal naggy like i get being aggressive but you were they were just being stupid like they went for it in their own territory at one point and then of course uh thankfully for them the rams only got a field goal at that point i don't even know how this resembled a game at times a close game at times like that it turned out to be a blowout because that's what it was um the rams rams looked good um, I've never seen the Rams work out of shotgun that much. I think that why is because um, this is the Matthew Stafford version of the office offense. Um, it would be stupid to think that the offense would look exactly the same just with Stafford running it and being able to make more plays than Goff. So definitely more, a lot of empty gun, a lot of empty backfields, a lot more than I've ever seen the Rams do. Uh, they didn't really do that ever with Goff, and they did that 
decent amount with Stafford back there. But this is the Stafford Rams offense and not the Goff Rams offense. And week one, it looks pretty damn good. But the, again, like I said, the Bears are just sad. So let's see what happens when they start playing some real opponents, like the guys in their division, which I'm very excited about. Um, but I'll just say that like I'm, I'm excited going forward. I'm excited going forward. And then before I completely move away from football, I just want to say what was up with all the teams wearing white? Like half the home teams on Sunday were wearing white. Or just like through the week. Look, I wrote them all down. We have Atlanta, Tennessee, who never, I don't think really ever wears white at home. Tampa Bay wore white. Um, I think that was might have been like a Super Bowl thing because they won the Super Bowl in white. I don't know. Um, Carolina, but they usually wear white. Houston. Cincinnati, but that was their alternate uniforms. Buffalo, New Orleans, and the Rams all wore white. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Over half the league's home games, excuse me, teams were wearing white. So I don't know what that was all about, but okay. Just thought I'd point that out because I wonder if anybody else noticed it. If anybody has an explanation, please let me know on Twitter. At Elijah Span nineteen. So, but yeah, that was that was football this weekend. It was awesome. Um, I hope, like I said, I hope everybody's parlay is hit. I hope everybody's fantasy teams had a good week one. If y'all didn't at least win, hope y'all put up a lot of points. Good things looking forward. Maybe cooking up some trades. We'll see. I know I'm not gonna make any trades in any of mine because I won both of mine. Let's go. It hasn't happened in a long time. I'm only in two leagues this year. I've done the whole eight league shit. It's just not as fun. I'm after I did that where I had like eight or ten leagues one year. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna put it down. Usually I'll do two. I think I'll do the max I'll ever do is probably like three, maybe four if it's like I don't know if it's meaningful. But yeah, it's just not worth it to have that many fantasy teams. Um, hmm. Let's see what's going else. I'm down bad. I'm down tremendously bad. I bought Tinder Gold this weekend. Got a couple more matches. Not much else. Not much for social life here in Austin yet. But that's okay. That's okay. We're going to get there. I'm currently interviewing with this company. They have they only hire recent graduates. Hopefully I can make some friends. It's not like I don't have any friends here. I have a couple. Um, I got my cousin... But he's 30, so he doesn't do the whole six street stuff. And then my other buddy, he's gay, and he likes to go to this one bar on Dirty Sixth, which is like half gay, half like UT kids, I guess. And it's not that bad, but it's the only bar he'll fucking go to. And I'm like, let's go to the other side of Sixth. And then he calls me a white person. And then just says, let's stay here with the cheap drinks and have fun. And I'm like, okay, fuck me, right? So that's pretty much how my social life has been. But then hopefully Tinder Gold fucking push through. Yeah, 15 bucks for a month. I did it. I did it. I really don't like how it gives the unlimited swipes. Because that's when I would know when I ran out of swipes. That's when I had to be done with it for the day. And I was okay with that. I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on either. Because I have like no matches before the gold and like you know it's not like my tinder was blowing up when i was in fort worth but like fucking hey something at least get something 
just dead, just dead. I don't know if it's like my profile is getting lost and this was a bait to get me to buy Tinder Gold. But I'm down bad, down tremendously bad. But that's okay, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. I have been playing a lot of video games lately too. I, uh, I, got, I, I got this game from the Xbox Game Pass called Main Eater. It's like a shark RPG is what they call it, or shark PG or something. I don't know, something stupid. But you play a shark, and it's badass. It's actually really repetitive gameplay, but like the whole, every time you level up, your shark gets bigger. And I'm addicted to that because I just want the shark to get really big. And so I've just been grinding it really, really hard. Like I play it like two to three hours every night before I go to bed. And it's been awesome. And I'm about to beat it. And I noticed that there's a $15 DLC. You know, goddamn well I'm buying that $15 DLC when this is finished. Also, if you don't have the Game Pass and you have Xbox, what the hell are you doing? There's so many good games on there. Like, I never... I like playing story games a lot. I'm not a big online gamer just because, like... For one, I'm not very good. And two, I just like a good story game because online games piss me off because, like I said, not very good. Um... Do it. There's, I, I got Hades. Hades was dope. I need to get back into it. Probably after Man Eater. Uh, but yeah, just playing a lot of Xbox. Hopefully looking forward to... Uh, man, I don't know if anybody else saw the, the games that are going to come out with the PlayStation Now thing that they did. The PlayStation had some big um, expo over the weekend. And fuck, I'm going to have to buy a PS5. Because uh, the new God of War is going to come out. It looks sick. It looks a lot like the last game. But I'm okay with that. If it's honestly a copy and paste of the last game. Because the first the God of War reboot that came out in like 2015 or whatever. 2016. Um, was one of the best games I ever played. I played it uh, over this past winter break. Because um, my roommate bought a PS5. But I no longer live with him because he's still at TCU. I am not. So I have no PlayStation to play. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be... The new game looks sick. I think they came, they're going to come out with a new Spider-Man game. I'm going to have to play that. Um, and because... It's really defeating too because I had it in my. I made up my mind that I wasn't gonna buy consoles anymore. Cause when I move into my new apartment, um, I told my uncle that I want my graduation gift to be a brand spanking new PC. I'm gonna build it myself, and so I'm not. I'm gonna move away from the console thing so that way. I don't know. I just feel like PC is probably just better. Just cause. Well, I just need to do a lot of stuff with the PC. For GDD also, and just kind of, I've had the same Xbox since 2013, since like it first dropped. It's still chug-a-lugging though, but like, I don't know. I want the I want the best thing possible. I'm gonna switch over to mouse and keyboard, or I don't know. You can always use controller too. I just I just want the PC, okay? I want the PC, and I don't want to spend the four or five hundred dollars it will be to get that PS5. But you know what? I'm gonna do it because they have all the best games. Like, I, I watched the trailer, and I was like, fuck. I'm going to have to buy a PS5. Really defeating. 
I think they're coming out with a couple. Of, they're coming out with like a Wolverine game too, and a Knights of the Old Republic remake. I never played the original, but I know it's like one of the best Star Wars games of all time. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Um, the Jedi Fallen Order game was sick, and so if they keep making games like that, that are really good, I'm gonna buy every single Star Wars game. Well, I was probably gonna buy every single Star Wars game anyway, but you get my point. But okay, that's probably enough video game talk for today. Um, let's go into a Reddit reading and close out the episode. All right, let's do this one. Um, am I the asshole for refusing to accommodate my infertile neighbor? I'm going in this raw. Haven't read this yet, so this is uh, a <laughs> this is funny. Sorry for the formatting in my writing. English is not my first language. This guy's probably going to have the most perfect grammar of any native English speaker that you've read it's always like that it's so funny um so my husband 29 male and i 28 female have been living here for five years ever since we married our previous neighbors were an adorable couple in their 60s and 70s we had a fairly good relationship and was kind of sad when they left this year i gave birth to my son who's now six months old when my new neighbors let's call them paul and anna moved in i was two months pregnant we weren't friends, but we would say hi to each other here and there. I sunbathe every day. It's something I've been doing since childhood. I was a very anemic kid, and my mom made me do it to help with my anemia. I don't know if it works, but it's a habit that helps me start my day. This was not a problem until my pregnancy became apparent. Oh, so she's sunbathing pregnant as fuck. That's always fun to see. I, I don't get offended by it. I don't get grossed out by it either. It's just kind of like... I think it's kind of cute, I guess, just to look at a, a mother that's that pregnant, just letting it hang out at the beach. Because we've all seen it, and you're just like, damn, she about to pop. Anyway, uh, the left side of the yard has two kinds of fences, one low, one and a half meters, um, that used to have a hedge on the neighbor's side that they cut off, and one taller in the rest of the backyard. It's hard to see it from the ground, but they still can see our whole yard and part of our main floor from their second floor. Um, when I was five months pregnant, Paul told my husband that my sunbathing was making them uncomfortable. I sunbathe in shorts and tank tops, nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. Uh, I just ignored them and kept my routine. Good for you. Um, the following month, he did it again. Until my eighth month, I was back from a walk with my husband, and Anna was in front of the house. When she saw me, she stormed inside and slammed the door. The following day, Paul came to our house and told us that they have fertility problems and seeing me pregnant was making her heavily uncomfortable, and I was insensitive a bit. Okay. Currently, I am working from home, and the baby is close to me in, the play in a playpen in the living room, and we have another in the backyard on the terrace, so I can have him close when gardening or just playing with him. Well, I made his wife uncomfortable again yesterday. I was in the living room with the baby, when he knocked, he asked me to move from the living room because the wife could see me from their balcony. I told him to tell her to look in the other direction and leave me alone. Good for you. Fuck them. It's your own house. Um, today, my husband and I were grilling some meat in the backyard. The baby was hungry, so I started to breastfeed. When I look at the house, Anna was on the balcony. She went in, and a few minutes later, Paul was at our door again. My God. I gave my son to my husband, and I answered the door. Paul went off on me for breastfeeding public once again your own backyard damn right good for you um 
When he finished, I told him to leave us alone, don't knock on my door again. And if his wife is so upset over seeing a baby, she needs therapy and not him harassing my family. Damn, good for you. Going at it, OP. Original poster, not overpowered when I say that in this context. Um, and I will do everything I want in my own home. Goddamn right. This is America. At the time, I felt justified, but I was venting with my mom, and she told me I was wrong. Mom was not wrong. You were right. And I couldn't understand because I never suffered from infertility and need to apologize. So am I the asshole? Edit, I just sat down with my husband to talk about the precautions. I was so annoyed that I wasn't thinking about the risks. We will be installing cameras and a taller fence. Unfortunately, their vision from the balcony will stay the same because the city won't let us build taller than four meters, but this will help anyway. I called my dad to get some help with the fence, and he ended up... Oh, so this is probably like suggestions from the comments. But yeah, you're not the asshole. Um, they just kept harassing you, and if you retaliated because they're being fucking annoying, like that's them being unhappy with their own problems and projecting onto you. Like you have no, like most people don't suffer from fertility problems, so they're gonna run into this problem with probably anyone who lived in that house your age. So it's not because of you; it's not your fault that you're having kids. Um, yeah, this one was funny. I can't believe. I believe this story too. Sometimes these Reddit things get kind of out of control and you're like, I don't think this is true. But this one's definitely believable because people are like this. But yeah, you're not the asshole. So anyone who tells you anything that's in your own home, tell them to fuck off. That's not their business. Tell them to mind their own goddamn business. Figure a way out of it. And if you don't want to look at it or you don't want to see that, just don't look like she said. My God. Yeah, neighbor problems are tough. Um... If you've ever had them, you know, because it's like you can't escape it because that's your home. So you can't like, it's not like a coworker where you can just like avoid that coworker or like, you know, works at problems at work. You just go home and avoid all that. But like when you're home, like you're fucking home, especially the last year, like, like that lady said, she worked from home. I had neighbor problems last year when, um, I lived my senior year of college, um, our neighbors, we're definitely doing drugs and not like cool ones either. Um, <laughs> uh, they were, they were, they were smoking meth and I know they were smoking it cause I smelled it one day. Um, yes, I know what the smell of meth smoke smells like. It smells like burning plastic. That's how you, that's how you do meth is you smoke it. You can snort it too. You can inject it. You can do a lot of things with it. Um, <laughs> one time I had a buddy that tried to snort a line of a coke and it turned out to be meth and he stayed up for like 24 hours straight it's not something to fuck around with anyway these were meth heads we were dealing with um and the the second semester that they were there so from January to May there was this new lady there at this crack house this meth house that they that they had and uh my God, she was fucking crazy. She had this car that ended up getting repoed, but when she had it, it didn't have any license plates. Um, the rearview mirrors were all fucked. Um, th she had like a mountain of just crap in there, just random shit. And she would drive like a maniac. One time, I, literally when I was telling my mom about how crazy she was, because she would fucking, she would start 
because when you start smoking meth, you know, and you're up for three or four days straight, like you start seeing, they call it shadow people. So the shadows, they look like people and you hear, like you hear the whisper. Um, Basically, it's like hardcore, like, like you start tripping, but you're on meth. So you're a lot more aggressive. And uh, it was, she started fucking dancing around the street. Should have seen this bitch. She had a fucking like tank top on. And she had a stuffed animal, um, but she put, like, a strap in her back pocket, so when she was fucking shaking her ass, the fucking stuffed animal was flopping up and down all against her back. She started fucking dancing all across the street, started screaming everywhere, you motherfuckers, I know you're at me, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, all these people start, like, coming out of their house because they're like, what the fuck is going on? This is our next door neighbor. Like, this wasn't, like, in the neighborhood. This is our next door neighbor. And, like, everybody's coming out. Like, what the fuck is going on? People start laughing. There's, like, this one little girl, too, that lives on the other side of that house um, that would go up right next to her and just film, like, five feet away. I'm like, that girl is bold. Like, I did not want to get that close to that fucking meth head. Not a chance. Um, anyway, so eventually, on that day, she started... She, like, took off, took off, like, started sprinting down the road, screaming. Like, I'm not making this up. It was the one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Um, and then, finally, she, she didn't, she didn't own the house. It was, like, a guy, there was one guy who owned the house, and he rented out rooms to other meth head friends, is what he would do. Um, and he would make him fucking like work on his lawn. This meth head, he had the most impeccable lawn in the entire street. It was kind of funny because um, that would he would make all his fucking meth heads work on his lawn, and then I think he'd give them meth. That was like their deal. Um, and that that was like the least of it when it came to her. I mean, she ended up writing a bunch in marker, a bunch of shit. And she put it on her window. And one time we went to take out the trash. It was next to her, I guess, bedroom window. And there was all things like, come get me, please. They're mean to me. I miss home. President Biden is tracking my phone. They're watching me. Um, They want to kill me. And it was so weird. And then I think at one point she said, Illinois, why are you so mean to me? And I think she was referring to one of my roommates who's from Illinois. He had an Illinois license plate on his car. That was it, was, it was weird. And then, one time, this is when it got bad. This is when, you know, like, kind of similar to the Am I the Asshole post. Because um, you can't get away from it. So, one night, like 5 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't fucking know. Uh, she steals every single garbage can and recycling bin in the neighborhood and like throws it all across the street at her house and she's screaming and by the way my i didn't see it but my roommate saw it her she did it topless so she's running around like 3 30 in the morning tits out just flopping around while she's fucking running and taking all of our garbage bins and throwing them in the street in front of their house so i guess because they had some kind of dispute at the meth house not really sure. It was really fucking weird. And so we were pretty fed up with her at that point. And so the next day when that happens, 
she's coming in and fucking with our shit again. She's like staring into our cars. And so I go out there. For some reason, I pulled a short straw. I go out. Because there's four of us that live at the house at the time. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm looking at cars, you bitch-ass motherfucking. And she called me the N-word. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, and all, she started berating me. And I was like, okay. And then I looked at my roommates. I was like, I'm pretty fucking sick of this. I'm like, what should we do? And I was like, should I call the cops? And then we thought about it for a second. We're like, yeah, we're pretty fucking tired of it. And we started calling the cops. Cops came. She started recording cops. And was like, I didn't touch nothing, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It was a whole big hoopla. And it didn't get better after that, shockingly. Because the cops didn't do anything to her. That made us only. That made her only more aggressive towards us. I think a week later, she put a tampon on the back of my roommate from Illinois' car. So literally, no, she put a dirty fucking maxi pad, bloody, in the back of her car. So yeah, neighbor problems are tough, man. I get it. I get where OP's coming from. This is probably like one of the worst. <laughs> the, my 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 situation is probably a little bit more extreme, but like, I get what she's saying and how she's kind of fed up with her when she tells her to you know kind of tell them tells the neighbors to kind of fuck off because it gets to a point where it's just like you know what, just leave me alone. I want to be left alone. I'm doing things in my home. Don't affect my day because of your shit. Also, good for her for telling that lady that maybe instead of getting mad at me, you should go see a therapist. Like, that's fucking, that's an A1 comment. If you ever have, like, she played that perfectly. Like, I don't think there's a better way, a better comeback for that situation. Because one, it's productive. And two, it's like a big fuck you. So, yeah, awesome. All right, um, that's the episode. I think this was a pretty good one. I'm still trying to kind of get used to talking to myself, um, taking some work. But again, this is only the second episode. I'm only going to get better from here, on, from here on out. If you listen to this, thank you for listening. I consider you a close and personal friend that you would listen to me and me alone for 45 minutes now talk. So hell yeah. Um, hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and I will see you all next Monday after um, an awesome last weekend. All right, thanks.